Hello and welcome back to another episode of Yours Mentally. On today's episode, we talk about psychosocial life skills. Honestly, before doing this episode, I asked a few people if they had heard about psychosocial life skills or if they had incorporated these in their life in their early years and most of them said no because honestly, in our culture what I have noticed is that we don't give much importance to psychosocial life skills. So, on this episode, we talk in depth about psychosocial life skills their importance and why we need to incorporate them in our lives right since our childhood up to our adult life this episode is in conversation with vejanti trimal who is an assistant professor of psychology at ferguson college pune and ma'am if you're listening thank you so much for doing this episode with me i'm honestly very grateful that i got the opportunity to do this with you and you're my hero honestly i am not sure if i've told you but i really look up to you your passion and dedication towards teaching and psychology motivates me to strive to achieve everything that i want to achieve in life and i honestly wish you all the best for everything that you do in life and now without further ado let's get right into the episode so on today's episode where we talk about psychosocial life skills ma'am could you start by giving our listeners a brief overview of what exactly psychosocial life skills encompass all right okay if we try to look at the word that we're dealing with today that's life skill it exactly says what it is we're looking at skills that are required for life to lead a good healthy well adjusted life so when we talk about skills it's not something to do with knowledge it's not something that one must know and understand that also is a part of it when you're talking about skills you're talking about an ability right you're talking about behavior you're talking about an actionable component all right so we must understand that as adolescents who are moving very fast into a an age which is filled with technology uh, which is moving at a pace which probably has changed a lot in the past let's say 5 to 6 decades all right somewhere this is something that the world health organization thought of in the 90s where they introduced this term and uh, kind of pushed this in the education sector where they defined what life skills are all right so if you're looking at the world health you know organization definition in the early 90s they called it as abilities for adaptive and positive behavior that enable individuals to deal with life effectively and deal with the demands and challenges of everyday life so this is you know as looking at life skills very in a definition kind of a way but if you look at life skills from this perspective there are essentially all these abilities which help you to live a life well where you're you're living a good life from a mental and a psychological perspective mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you a little bit of comp- competence to face realities of life so you're looking at enabling children enabling adolescents young adults whoever is a part of the education system to learn practical skills life skills which is child centered so when we talk about life skill education the reason why it was uh, thought of by the you know world health organization was to sort of orient a methodology so that it could be imbibed in the education system Mm-hmm. so if we look at uh, grade 3 textbooks which is introduced to children let's say a science textbook if you open that textbook you will see a lot of these dialogue boxes within where it is written think critically talk to your teacher all right or ask your mm-hmm. uh, parents or observe a neighbor how a plant grows 
or why a plant grows the way it does. This is these are all skills which you're trying to imbibe into the child's thinking process so that not just formal theoretical classroom lecture method education helps children. They have to develop a way of thinking. They have to design their their thinking in a way that actually has applicable value. Right. So not just dumping education on them, but also so that you know education because it, the approach is holistic. They have to have skills. All right, and we need to teach them these skills, and they are very very. They are put basically, at least at a standard one, standard two science textbook or like a social science textbook. It's put in very simply for them as to soak a seed in water. and watch how it grows all right how does it grow when you put it in cotton how does you how does it grow in let's say when you put it in soil what happens when you put too much water what happens when you don't water it for a couple of days so that you know you observe and you learn and children are vicarious learners right mm-hmm. so uh, coming back to who so they what they did is they thought they brainstormed and they came up with what are these life skills so they defined it so these the skills that they have come up with are 10 All right, so there are ten life skills according to the WHO. So there are uh, skills like decision making, creative thinking, problem solving, critical thinking, communication, self awareness, coping with emotions, interpersonal skills, empathy, and coping with stress. Right. So you mentioned all these skills right now. Can you talk about how they impact our interactions and overall well-being? Right. So, if you look at you know these life skills that I've mentioned, they are all skills which are required for a good life. Mm-hmm. All right. So, life skills education is based on like teaching of you know generic type of skills, and they are very life oriented. No, you can't operate with only one skill. All right. You need the support and the help of all these skills, which will help you in all walks of life. So here we're looking at teaching them how to use these skills to practice it, so that it helps them, let's say, have enjoy better health, helps them enjoy a good relation with their family, helps them to maintain friendships. Right. So in in this life skills education, children are taught, adolescents are taught, all right, to uh, be actively involved in, you know, the. teaching learning experience all right and a lot of these skills are actually based on the bandurian principle of observational learning children learn through observation all right this is known as vicarious learning in psychology we call this term as vicarious learning mm-hmm. where children more than being taught you know in a very bookish way or a theoretical way where they're just learning from you know what's written they learn a lot from observation so some of the uh, you know the the life skill education involves a lot of methodology because it's training and you're talking about a skill it's not it's not just education you're talking about skill and education usually we we talk about skills in a very technical way because it's something which is hands on it is very ability based but when you're talking about education education becomes very holistic it's it's it talks about it has a big life approach right now here we talk about skill and education right mm-hmm. so there is no one technique in which you sort of like go at it there are multiple models today which exist all right so which are developed by unicef which are developed by uh, who and in india we also have um, you know the indian association for life skills education and they also host and conduct a lot of uh, training which i have been a part of uh, how to conduct you know uh, life skill let's say workshops how to conduct life skills seminars for different kinds of age groups all right and they have shown a lot of success in terms of how well students have received it 
and how they've changed shown change in terms of let's say if their academic let's say results were very poor or if there was a lot of tift when it came to family issues at home they've shown a marked improvement when it comes to relationships at home showing better relations with you know peers improvement in their grades and basically showing positivity you know you you talk about this but do you not think in india specifically mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. we don't teach us like the kids like from childhood we don't teach them these life skills like we we specifically we're we're very education oriented the culture that we live in it's very like you have to get on with your studies no matter what you know that's the only thing that takes you forward in life do you think that in any way that kind of affects the child in their adult life in any way actually if you look at yeah i i do agree all right so see we are a very large population and you know there is a huge change when it comes to let's say primary education all right the number of schools that they, that we have mm-hmm. and how well trained the uh, teachers in these schools are mm-hmm. all right so there is a very big gap between let's say our rural kids and our urban kids state run schools government run schools public run schools versus let's say the private run schools and you know these old schools which are run by like uh, anglo indian societies you have they they imbibe different values all right mm-hmm. so somebody who studied in a urban you know old school well established school or right, they understand how you know to imbibe these values in their children and they taught, teach them from a very young age all right yeah. so if you look at these schools the kind of values that they teach all right yeah. that is that's very strong all right so kids walking out of these schools have a lot of confidence all right they have these skills how to manage your emotions they come out being very ambitious come out being very hopeful come out being very positive also you have you know these the grassroots level schools where probably this is these needs are not being met all right mm-hmm. probably they are not being taught how to cope with your emotions or how to empathize how to think critically all right probably these skills are being not 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 sort of met so some of the researches which have been conducted in life skills education is quite vast all right from nimhans we have this one you know researcher bharat and shashikala who have done a lot of work in terms of actually training thousands of teachers in southern india to train them as to how to teach life skills to students in schools all right so the, this is like a teachers training all right how 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 must you impart this so this has been happening also for decades now all right and there are a lot of researches which have been done and the, the results are very very positive right okay. now with nep being implemented these have become a part of it so if you look at the new kind of syllabus which has been designed life skills is a part of all syllabi all right so it has to become a part of every subject so when you're talking about th- skills like critical thinking creative thinking problem solving it has to become a part of your history geography civics and you know let's say physics or science or biology how within your knowledge system you're going to make the child think critically solve problems make a decision you know uh, be empathetic think of you know how you know you can solve a bigger problem with the knowledge of what you've learned all right so you're forced to from an assignment point of view from a question answer point of view from a quantitative evaluative point of view to think critically mm-hmm. all right so these days we do take the help of evaluative tools assessment tools like bloom's taxonomy 
-hmm. all assessments done in education systems use the bloom's taxonomy where not only do you just dump topics or right, teach topics and walk away but you also assess them and grade them in a format where you are uh, measuring their understanding measuring how much they are able to evaluate the topic that they have learned criticize you know their the topics that they have learned analyze it and probably create something which they have learned so probably they are learning something like um, let's say plant life mm-hmm. all right so let's say parts of the plant all right if they are they are asked to look at let's say how does a blade of the leaf look all right what is the color how is it different from other plants all right uh, how is it that it grows differently all right is this a plant which is growing only in your vicinity or is it something which is growing in your country or which is is it very selective of your location with these little you know details that you are asking of the child you are really asking them to think very very critically and analytically mm. all right and also if if you are asked to solve problems you are asked questions like how is how is it that you are going to preserve plants all right in what way can you think of ways in which you can conserve nature all right so you make them think right you make them you know uh, solve problems and you sort of assess them so when there's an anchor of marks qualitative marks associated with it you tend to you know uh, break your bounds other than just theoretical bookish knowledge you you think uh, in a problem solving way right so from a psychological standpoint how do psychosocial life skills differ from cognitive skills and are they intertwined in any way okay, okay so if you break down the skills that i mentioned to you the 10 of them critical thinking creative thinking problem solving decision making are cognitive mm-hmm. when you're talking about critical thinking and creative thinking it's the ability to sort of like analyze information in a in a very objective manner so when you're talking about problem solving and decision making these are all uh, cognitive skills right so see there is no one best technique in which you sort of like teach this you imbibe this in within education so life skills is taught in tandem with education that's the whole purpose all right so it's not like a standalone you know workshop that stands outside the purview of education but it, the purpose of it is that it it is alongside so right now with the implementation of nep in higher education institutes right now those who have completed let's say plus 2 are being taught so there is this approach which is called as multidisciplinary approach so arts students are now required to pick up a subject uh, from the science stream and science students are required to pick up a subject from the arts stream so that uh, there is no gap or lacune in knowledge systems because somewhere it becomes very what do we say very confining it becomes very limiting all right even though you have interest in a particular another subject you you are probably devoid of that choice because the system doesn't allow the choice so if you as an art student you had some sort of an interest in let's say electronic science or let's say uh, computer science the system didn't allow it all right because you've chosen a specialization you stick to that specialization now uh, with with let's say life skills in the background the education itself is becoming more open all right with the interdisciplinary approach yeah. science students are learning art subjects for the so for the first time science students are learning psychology and there are a lot of people who have taken up psychology because there is such a need to just you know adapt yeah. evolve people people perceive stress people understand that you know i probably we need to cope so when we're talking about behavioral preparedness they think they are falling sort of short 
All right. So life skills are not taught separately, but we are teaching things like stress management. We are teaching things like emotional uh, intelligence and emotional, you know, let's say coping with stress, coping with emotions. So if you look at life skills, I spoke about 10 skills and two of them talk about coping with emotions and coping with stress. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, this uh, the field of psychology is offering to science students this year under the NEP. Yeah. Right? So this is what we're trying to get across to them. And this uh, is being very well received, mm-hmm. um, at least this year. So, you know, you spoke about how life skills are being incorporated right now. But if we talk about like from the point of view from back when it was not as prominent and I still believe in India it's not really prominent. So as we progress through life, how do these psychosocial skills evolve from childhood to adulthood and now there are any specific skills that become more prominent in different stages so here I want to like talk, talk of it from the perspective of one that people who are taught about the necessary life skills and secondly also mm-hmm. about the people who are probably not taught the life, necessary life skills and Let's say they are taught those life skills somewhere later in life. Like right now you said with NEP, they're being taught it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does their life turn out as well? Okay. Let me try to, you know, answer this question from an evolutionary perspective. As an, as an organism, as a living organism, as a species, we've existed for millions of years. Right? We have come so far because we have adapted to our environment, right? We have adapted well to our environment, which is why we have certain physical, let's say we have these organs or we have this brain which has evolved and which has adjusted well to its environment, which has adapted, which is why we've come this far. Now, we have not tried to change nature. We have changed because of the changing circumstances. Now, we, we don't use the word uh, we are evolving. We we use the word adjustment. If when we adjust, we are adapting to our ever-changing environment. All right. So, what are these environments now that we are calling? Our environment is our family. Our environment is our social setting. Uh, the friends, our relatives, the communities, the social groups that we belong to, the educational, you know, student groups that we belong to, and the larger community. All right. And now let's look at the technological age that we belong to right now. We are in the age where there is AI, there is quick communication. There is a lot of information. There is a lot of overload of information. Is our body and our system designed to take in like information all the time? Are we designed to take in news from all across the world, information from all across the world, always be wired and networked with hundreds and thousands of people who are following us, liking us? We are plugged into news and information all this all the time. All right. So if if you look at the structure of our setting and environment previously, all right, you had a wired TV, you had a wired landline, mm-hmm. all right, and when you have to step out, you actually broke from all these wires and you were by yourselves. You were socially interacting, right? Mm-hmm. Now the you're carrying the information along with you and you're plugged in and you're you're even if you're never fully completely by yourself. All right, you are uh, always connected. All right, so there is an overload of information, whether you want it or you don't want it. Now, let, now let's look at our brains and uh, have we gotten there yet? Where our brain structures, our neural impulses, our neurotransmitters have caught up with the speed of what's happening in our surrounding? Right? Have we done that yet? Probably. Now we don't have a choice. Right? Now we have to adjust. I guess this is where probably that lacunae is happening where there is that gap where we are still finding our 
way to catch up with this all right which comes out as stress which comes out as maladjusted coping all right so when we experience void when we experience a lot of arousal because of this kind of overload of information you're constantly triggered you're constantly experiencing a lot of stress a lot of uh, somatic nervous system arousal now probably this has a malfunction in our at our bodily level right your body experiences this kind of stress so when i'm talking about adaptation we have to learn a way to adjust ourselves with this new world that we are in which is so full of technology so full of information so full of unnecessary information and uh, probably we are not very conscious and we are not very aware of the kind of impact and effect that this has on our body on our mind on our on our, our brains mm-hmm. very much your body is responding to your environment all right now see i'm not saying that you know uh, life skills will help you overcome all of this but these are little things if taught at a very early age we somehow the first life skill is awareness of self self awareness this is a very big strength all right just to know who you are all right in all your strengths in all your flaws what your actual desires are what your likes are what your dislikes are what your beliefs are what your abilities are what your attitudes are what your values are all right see children in the past or let's say our past or let's say three four generations behind us children's development was modeled and monitored largely within families all right okay. now the current influences of let's say socialization and when i say socialization i mean inclusion of technology i mean inclusion of you know the abundance of information that we are floating on and living very closely knit lives all right now this requires our adolescents respond as individuals to these contrasting values so life skills is not something that started in the 90s you know when only the who thought of it the who thought of it i think it's it dates way past that you know if you look at all religious texts or right? this is what they're trying to teach you how to conduct your life how to live your life right if you look at the vedas the upanishads or any grand text which has spoken in the past you know prescribe suggest is who you are and how one we must conduct ourselves all right so i guess these these little psycho these are called as psychosocial skills all right mm-hmm. how to conduct yourself socially all right and with the help of let's say the right thinking the right uh, cognitive skills how you are going to cope with the pressures of you know let's say modern life i think somewhere it's also very important for like our system to entirely think this way and you know acquainted to this model of teaching life skills because like from since child i'd say mostly in tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 downwards cities they always told mm-hmm. that you know when you grow up you either have to be an engineer doctor or those kind of things you know they're not really taught life skills as such like the the only thing that they're taught is you have to be successful in life you have to earn money in life and those kind of things so i think that has like a very negative impact on their life to begin with in any way in any case sorry and then on top of that if they're not already acquainted to like certain life skills they just end up being really really miserable in life but then i feel like our system is to be held accountable for that and somewhere even the education system because even in most educational institutes growing up we always start rote learning you know i'm not sure if you if you're aware but like these icse these <laughs> schools as much as people yeah, praise yeah, them absolutely hmm you're not learning yeah. any anything valuable out of that so hmm. you know it just it's it's just very miserable on the child or the person who's growing up in that environment hmm. and 
hmm. you know eventually they just go on to live very monotonous lives and accept their fate in a way like you know they like even though they feel miserable they hmm. feel like this is how life is because since their childhood they've hmm. always been taught that yeah this is how life will be so i i feel like it's like hmm. to be taught those life skills you have to come from a place of privilege in a way like at least in the current time like you need to you know have parents who are like really understanding of those things you need to have rather i don't know i think nowadays they term it modern parents i don't know if that's the right term to use because <laughs> no such thing as modern parents you know but yeah this is for like a better understanding like you know the modern parents are probably the ones who uh, encompass this and also i think education also not that it's a very big parameter but like education is also plays a part in you know imparting these life skills to their children so yeah, i think these are very important things to i acknowledge that you know right if if you met old wise people all right who come from a place of experience probably if you have conversations with grandparents and them speaking about their times all right they come from a lot of personal experience they these are people who live not under pressure of let's say social influence uh, they actually faced uh, adversities complexities issues and problems which came from their environment let's say whether it was of poverty whether it was of migration or whether it was of like colonization they've actually faced a lot of hardships all right they've seen real life complexities and they have shown a lot of strength to overcome this all right so you will always so there are certain generations which are associated with certain values all right so you'll have like the generation x all right so they value things like frugality they value things like you know save things save things something for you know tomorrow don't be over indulgent all right so if you look at today's Uh, generation we don't operate on these values we are very hedonistic we are like very pleasure driven we are very like i want things now all right so i i do believe that yeah i'll pause this thought and i'll tell you something uh, and then i'll connect these two so i've heard early uh, school educators and i'm talking about like teachers who have been trained in let's say the montessori method mm-hmm. or uh, let's say the playway method and uh, well informed well trained western educated you know educators who say and believe that when a child is raised let's say uh, in a joint family system all right whether a lot of people they have grandparents and aunts and uncles and there are two three generations who are living together so lot of researchers these days are highlighting the importance of children growing up in larger social units so if they belong to families who have a lot of caregivers lot of family members it's very beneficial to the child or uh, it's beneficial to the development of the child so when i say development psychological emotional benefits so there have been studies i would suggest that joint families of opportunities to children for more social interaction there's a lot of diverse caregiving this exposure to multiple perspectives and this definitely has a positive influence on uh, social skills their emotional development because they observe people in their houses they observe their facial expressions they observe how they talk to each other how they interact with people what their personality patterns are like even in terms of language development milestones so joint families might offer a richer linguistic sort of environment uh, because uh, there is more exposure to different languages and dialects which are spoken by different family members so this has the potential to enhance the child's language acquisition skills language comprehension skills you get to learn a lot 
all right from them how to maintain interpersonal relationships i think this is the first skill that you learn from just being a part of a family all right so when we are seeing the break a family system all right this is also adding a lot of pressure on you know uh, young adults on adolescents because now we are seeing an age where you know these social systems these social structures don't exist all right so two three generations before in india a child having let's say a mama a mas all right now now they uh, you know a child who's probably a single child is devoid of they've had just one you know uh, parents are having just one child or they stop at two children so they and if they are both are girls or both are boys then the next generation will not have a mama or a masi or will not have an atya or not a kaki or you know so there are certain you know actual family members who go missing in their lives right mm. so what you learn by mere presence of people being associated and understanding various relations and various um what do you say how how families network connect with each other you miss out on skills i'm emphasizing a lot on let's say the networking of family because the first your first school is your your family all right mm. you learn a lot from them right uh, so when we talk about probably uh, families uh, let's say in the tier 2 cities three cities who probably add a lot of pressure but i guess say the child moves from one family system and is introduced to an environment which he or she is not very very familiar with all right where there is a value clash maybe the the person is moving from a rural area to an urban area in a very different way people have different values here people have different ways here and and that's where the clash could come in and that's when these skills can actually come in handy all right when you are very when you have a very high sense of self awareness about what my beliefs are my abilities are my strengths are what i prefer what my likes are what i desire when you know this really well got it and you've understood this and this is non what do you say these are non non negotiable for you mm-hmm. if you have a very strong strong sense of self identity this becomes a non negotiable thing for you somewhere you know families are not with the education can... system sort of helps you with these life skills so it's not only from an education perspective that we can uh, imbibe and provide life you know this is something that you learn all right so it's become a part of the education system probably because of let's say the change in family structures all right this is this is becoming more and more important because of some some things which even the education system should also imbibe mm-hmm. right we are we have gotten quite ahead when it comes to designing training uh, programs when it comes to implicating or let's say imbibing training skills within the education system we have gotten pretty far all right if you try talk to a child let's say who's like let's say in the fourth fifth grade they're full of ideas you never probably had such kind of thinking when at least at least i see this very stark difference when young students like you you know you all are you all are already thinking of being entrepreneurs you already have enterprising ideas and another you know student i was who i was interacting with you know uh, this morning they have very far fetched uh, you know ideas uh, and they're very willing to implement them all right mm-hmm. so i guess somewhere the education system yes other than doing the harm of rote learning and probably just like dumping assignments and making everything very very structured and not very well rounded is also somehow accomplished a task where they have managed to create self awareness all right you know through effective communication have taught them how to be creative in their thinking critical in their thinking how to solve real life problems and how to stand by their decisions so i guess these are very subtle you know learnings all right 
but i see that you know in in children and and this has become a part of every school system right so life skills education has is is you know going hand in hand with the, with your regular education and schools um, also conduct a lot of workshops seminars for little kids all ages and it's it's almost like mandatory compulsory where you know certain uh, life skills whether how are you going to deal with emotions all right where they show little faces and say what do you feel now how do you feel when your friend does not talk to you how do you feel when your teacher scolds you all right and how, how what are you going to do all right so basic things like how to communicate how to handle your emotions is taught at a very very young age all right and in a very simple learnable rememberable manner right so um, i do see see some of the uh, you know i i uh you know i'm uh, you know associated with a lot of mothers and the, you know mothers who are enrolled in different kinds of schools so some are like state board schools icc schools cbsc schools so i see that this is something which is incorporated in at all levels standard 1 to standard 12 so right. yes at least from an education and from let's say from a structured education perspective it is being uh, right so talking about children what are some foundational psychosocial skills that parents and caregivers should focus on nurturing during a child's formative years mm. <laughs> i guess uh, for for me at least personally uh, other than these ten self awareness comes once you know number one all right uh, where you are aware of yourself um, who you are what are your likes what are your preferences what you don't like all right so um, validating the uh, individual f- or the child for who or he or she is all right without probably taking away any little experience so when the child says i like this particular food or like that particular food i like this i don't like this you know creating that sense of like okay fine this is this is your experience this is your preference all right yeah. and along with it create giving empathy all right um just validating the child's let's say sense of self all right whether that child is feeling extremely um happy or extremely sad low angry upset you model empathy all right by modeling the the child also learns to be empathetic all right mm-hmm. and another very very important you know key skill which uh, children have to be taught is um how how to you know develop interpersonal relationships Mm-hmm. right how to you know establish relationships and why it is important to be pro social right mm-hmm. so a very strong sense of self awareness rather than teaching modeling empathy right and modeling good interpersonal relationships so at a very early age parents have to model right behavior because children don't learn when they are taught ki when your friend is falling uh, has fallen down you should go and ask how you are no you model it for them when the child has you know fallen down and hurt himself or herself you show empathetic behavior and they will they will replicate that right so at a very early age you're not going to sit with a pen pencil and teach them life skills you know give them handouts and printouts you're not going to do that you're going to model it for them right okay. and also a uh, very simple communication communication skills so effective communication is one uh, another life skill so effective communication skills can be taught how again by by modeling it all right to show what what active listening or uh, listening to someone is like how to express your emotions without uh, hurting other people's sentiments or emotions right how your gestures how your body movements to conduct yourself in a way which is actually socially culturally acceptable right so by you you not we first we need to model that 
right um and and this is how they pick pick it up so um, this is what usually young school school counselors and educational counselors sort of like help you know parents deal with so in a lot of these parent teachers meetings children come up uh, parents of children come up and say ki my my child has picked up you know to say bad words swear words how do i stop i keeps asking my child to stop and stop and stop how they but they don't stop they've learned it from somewhere and you know they're using it every now and then Mm-hmm. um so by te- by uh, you know saying things like or right, don't give attention to your child when he's doing something which you don't want the child to do all right mm-hmm. not to punish it not to uh, say not to do it but ignoring it all right so that weakens a particular behavior when you see your behavior so you use a little bit of behavioristic principles where you you know you uh, not reward nor punish a particular behavior but you ignore that behavior till it weakens and you know goes out of repertoire of behavior mm-hmm. so these are little you know very very small little skills right mm-hmm. so that can be you know used to imbibe in, in young children also can i add something i think in india it's so mm-hmm. inevitable that your uh, child going to school is going to pick up these cuss words and mm-hmm. bad words it's it's really inevitable like it's so yeah. i don't know imbibed in them that you True. know this is it's actually oh yeah this now that I've, i've spoken about it. it's like some people say that you know learning abuses is like a life skill and all that which is so <laughs> <laughs> that is wow right yeah because i guess cuss words have become a part of your language right now it's become a yeah. very regular routine repertoire of how you conduct communication how you not just informal and friendly communication you know whether um, mm. you know it's a public gathering or an informal public gathering it's no longer considered very taboo and you and you see new age uh, tv shows or movies which now uh, are very freely so there is a whole different change in the usage of language you see that right mm, now yeah. what now how can we imbibe life skill in this the life skill is not to ever introduce this to your child the child yeah. is going to pick it up anyway right yeah, so. but now what is essential is to use it at the right time at the right all right you're not mm. going to you know use these words in the presence of other people you're not going to use this to instigate you're not going to use this to let somebody down you use this when probably when the situation calls for it so this knowledge of when is my situation what is the right time that you know i can probably use it this is when you're being a little smarter than the other people rather than landing yourself in trouble you you know you you you're aware of when to use your language more appropriately so this conduction of you know how to be appropriate right conducting yourself appropriately in the world is basically what life skills is about right so mental health and psychosocial skills often go hand in hand how can honing these skills contribute to improved mental well-being and resilience i guess again this this is the part where we spoke about like th- these are the kind of skills we need when we're talking about resilience we're talking about adapting in a healthy way when you're talking about resilience you're talking about something which is which is something difficult something bad something complicated something inherently difficult has happened and you have still shown something inside of you to overcome that difficulty right so all these skills which we spoke about are very much keeping in mind uh, mental health and um, we are talking about developing uh, in, you know your mental well being right so when we are talking about uh, developing good interpersonal relationships we are talking about let's say effective communication this is how you are learning to conduct yourself very well 
you are learning to conduct yourself in a way that how how to communicate with with people how to be pro social how to ensure that my interests and the the person who i am with both their interests are served right mm-hmm. so social skills are absolutely uh, important when you are dealing with mental well being all right um there is a big misconception that being independent or i don't need people uh, to tell me how i should conduct myself but i really don't need people i'm good by myself um there is a there is let's say a, a, a wrong conception about being independent all right and not being dependent on people being dependent on groups being dependent on families and friends now these are what we call as resources in the field of positive psychology all right the the support of friends that you have let's say a, a good neighbor a well meaning neighbor good family relationships good sibling and cousin relationships these are absolutely very very important for your well being all right they say that every person all right every individual all right whether it's a family member or sibling your child you know a community neighbor maybe a good let's say coworker all these are little resources that add to your mental well being Mm-hmm. right so the more social support that you have the more people that are a part of your life by merely just being part of your life they are, they may not be giving you tremendous support or they not you know giving you words of encouragement but by merely being present and being positive people all right it by itself is a resource mm-hmm. all right so maintaining pro social uh, behavior being um, having maintaining consciously maintaining a good circle of people and maintaining that relationship is also a very big life skill and it goes a long way in ensuring that you have improved let's say mental well being right so for our listeners who are eager to enhance their psychosocial skills what are actionable tips or exercises you can recommend for daily practice this is the part where we spoke about um, you know how parents can be uh, good role models all right let's say i'm going to give very very small uh, but very rememberable things right uh-huh. i think exercising self control is a very big life skill all right we are humans and we are let's say high functioning beings right we to learn not to act on our impulse to act on you know uh, act impulsively act uh, you know exactly what act aggressively act angrily say things whatever you feel is right at that moment um, we need to exercise some sort of a regulation self control you know resisting let's say overuse of whatever it is whether it is overuse of media or overuse of like too much information being online too much or um, getting very easily convinced or swayed away by persuaded by other people by using self awareness all right uh, we need to really step back and look at our actions look at our thoughts look at our um, behaviors all right this is something when i what i mean when i say exercising self controls this this is a skill which goes very hand in hand with you know all other skills without self awareness you will not know how to be empathetic without self awareness you will not how to um empathy you will not know how to probably communicate well with your people and this sort of prevents you from you know thinking critically or thinking creatively all right or probably you'll not be very good with coping with your own emotions coping with other people's emotions right mm-hmm. so uh, all these are skills which go very very hand in hand so there is no one trick you know or one tip that kind of is going to solve or going to make you uh, very highly skilled when it comes to life skills but it is honing all of these together right so these are very generic when we talk about life skills they are not specific skills 
they are psychosocial generic skills so how to conduct yourself how to stay pro social how to know what is appropriate how to exercise self control how to refrain yourself from let's say drug drug abuse alcohol over dependence i think the moderation uh, sorry the key is moderation utilize and moderation all right the the middle path is what you know is one must um sort of employ to you know lead a good life not not overly in- indulgent on anything all right nor being completely withdrawn and avoidant right so communication breakdowns can strain relationships could you share some insights on active listening and effective communication as psychosocial tools well to develop the skills of active listening it starts from a very fundamental a very basic thing that you must be interested in the person who's talking to you all right only with a commonality of value commonality of interest will one be interested in what the other person has to say all right so if the person who you're communicating with is important to you or if what the person is saying is important has value uh, can help you in some way or you are in turn helping the person it starts with something very basic like actually showing interest when you show interest your whole body shows your interest your eyes will show that you are actually interested in what the person is saying your your uh, face will tell that the you are genuinely interested when you are genuinely interested you do not have to create another different kind of body language all right like naturally you will look the person into the eye all right naturally you will like, sort of like lean over or sort of like your your body will tilt towards the person who you are listening to all right you will naturally nod all right because you're sort of like taking in what the person is saying all right if you're genuinely not interested in the person who's talking to you none of these body language will come out all right and somewhere any person with any experience in the living world will get to know will tap into the basic a uh, body language that the person who you're listening to is just probably nodding but the idea or whatever you're listening to is not probably you're not being heard all right when you're genuinely being heard the other person who's probably speaking to you will get the pleasure of being heard all right and and these are probably unsaid but one just knows when one is genuinely interested so i think active listening skills comes from genuinely showing interest all right what the body follows in 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 terms of a nod a smile uh like when you don't look away here and there all right where you continue to maintain uh, eye contact uh, where you sort of display empathy on your face these things will come naturally once you're genuinely interested so first i think it starts with showing or having genuine interest in the person who you're speaking to and uh, effective listening skills comes from there and active listening skills comes from there so ma'am self care is a buzzword these days you know but how does it intersect with psychosocial skills and what practices can individuals adopt to ensure their emotional well-being right self care uh, yes definitely is a buzzword these days and what we think we mean by self care is where we take some time off where we break the mundane routine of you know being uh, in a busy world attending a lot of meetings getting stuck in traffic doing a lot of mundane chores caring about your day you do need a time off where you give a break give some rest to yourself all right 
either by sleeping in early, drinking water, eating healthy food, watching out for yourself. So all of this is what we refer to as self-care, right? Very much this is important from a psychosocial life skill perspective. What I would like to say is getting to know yourself, all right, or having self-understanding. This really helps in self-care in the sense that knowing what your strengths, your weaknesses, your attitudes, your preferences, your values who, what kind of people you like? What kind of a social setting do you prefer? Who are the people who you feel lively, energetic with? Who are the people who sort of draw energy from you, make you feel negative? If you are well aware of this, this helps you to probably not feel stressed out as often or for you to, um, let's say, indulge in these longer self-care routines and regimes, right? So we will be better able to handle ourselves, manage ourselves, regulate well when we know our triggers, when we know our strengths, when we know our attitudes, when we know our preferences, right? So that helps, right? From a psychosocial life skill perspective to have an idea of who you truly are, what you really are like, even in the negatives, what triggers you, what angers you, right? So if you have a good understanding of these things, you will learn to avoid these people situations, which probably don't suit you best. That primarily acts like a self-care. Right. So before we end this episode, do you have any final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Right. I guess to quickly conclude, I would like to just state a few pointers for maybe young listeners of this podcast some important points that we can keep in mind whenever we are swayed by influence suggestion when we are feeling weak or when we are feeling like a life is complex or getting difficult right so here goes uh, recognize your strengths and weaknesses and let's set our goals accordingly all right not overarching goals which probably do not fit in our framework of strengths and weaknesses all right let's learn to decide what we value all right what we believe in and what we realistically would like our life to be like and not what other people tell it should be like all right i think that would make life very easy and it would make our life goals very very realistic for ourselves because not everyone's values are the same i think it's very important to determine what our roots are all right what our past has been like to sort of uh, get an understanding of people who let's say have hurt us all right who've not helped us when they could have all right um, let's learn to forgive ourselves let's learn to forgive our own failures our past embarrassments all right let's try to sort of overcome you know negative self-remembrances all right which is really not helping us build or construct a new us right so a bad past lives uh, in the memory only as long as you want it to be a tenant all right so i think we must sort of prepare like, like an eviction notice for some things which are holding us dramatically back which is holding us with a lot of hurt because it takes a lot to actually store negative memories um, you know let it resurface it takes a lot of energy of us where we are harboring harnessing and taking care of these old hurtful memories it really does not do anything for us in terms of our own self-improvement also adding to that feeling guilty feeling a lot of shame 
actually does nothing and actually limits you know how you shape your behavior in a very valuable way all right so it's not something we should overly indulge ourselves in all right i'm not saying one must never feel guilt and shame and should be completely uh, ballooned in you know a sense of superiority and self importance but uh, over a long period of time guilt and shame really do not help you to feel or move towards you know productive behavior in our in our lives all right it does not help us achieve positive goals so yeah those were my handy tips um thank you for having me on this podcast it was um really fun interacting with you and talking about a topic which is close and dear to me thank you no thank you ma'am honestly i've really enjoyed having this conversation and there's so much that i learned from this episode so many things that you told me that i could reflect on and think about and you know things that i have never thought about before so just thank you for doing this i appreciate it a lot and to everyone who's listening to you thank you for listening and i'll see you guys in the next episode bye